That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission for the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Welcome back to the campfire with MBAC Casting Crew. We're proud to present to you part six of Aladdin's Tale and his wonderful lamp. Long and loud did Aladdin call to his supposed uncle to save him from a living death. But there was no answer to his cries, and at last, when he was almost exhausted, he took counsel of himself and plainly saw the truth of the matter. The dervish was no uncle of his, but a cunning wizard who had made a cat's paw of him to secure treasure which, by the laws of magic and destiny, he was powerless to come at in any other way. The whole thing, from the very beginning, was a trick, and he saw it clearly now that it was too late. The way out was sealed, and the darkness pressed heavily upon him. Frantic with desire to escape from this dungeon, he thought of the garden and the stairway in the alcove, but when he had groped his way to the end of the passage, he found the door closed, and all his efforts failed to open it. The names of his ancestors were of no avail against the magic of the dervish. At this he wept loudly and continued to weep throughout the night until his rage and despair were spent. At last he sank down exhausted on the lowest step of the stairway by which he had first descended, and, feeling himself utterly abandoned by man, he raised his hands to God, praising for deliverance from his calamity. Now, while he was holding his hands in supplication, he felt the ring upon his middle finger, the ring which the dervish had placed there, saying, In whatever difficulty thou mayst find thyself, this ring will be thy protection. Thou hast only two. Oh, but of that I will tell thee later. The dervish had perhaps given him the ring to gain his confidence, and had purposely omitted to revealing its secret. But now, in answer to Aladdin's prayer, the power of the ring was revealed, as if by the merest chance, for... When he felt the ring, he looked at it, and seeing a light from the jewel therein, he breathed upon it and rubbed it with his palm to increase its luster. No sooner had he done this when, lo, the slave of the ring appeared and gathered the shape before him, first in a luminous haze, and then, gradually, in clearer and clearer contour. Ask what thou will, and it shall be done, said the apparition. For now I am the slave of the ring, and the slave of him whose finger my master placed the ring. Aladdin, seeing before him an afreet, after the order of those invoked by the Lord Suleiman, was terrified, and his tongue clave to the roof of his mouth, so he could not speak. But the afreet reassured him with kindly speech. Thou hast only to ask, 
he said, and thy wish will be fulfilled, for since my master's ring is on thy hand, I am thy servant. At this, Aladdin took heart, and, having considered his wish, resolved to put the matter to the test. O oh, slave of the ring, he said, is that thou would take me from this dungeon and place me in the light of day where the sun shines and the breezes blow, if indeed it is day, for here I have been for many, many hours. Scarcely had he spoken the words when there was a clap of thunder. The cavern opened, and by some mysterious power he was conveyed through the opening. Then, when he sat up and looked around him, he was in the light of day upon the hillside, and everything was as it had been when he and the dervish had first reached the spot. Aladdin marveled greatly at this, and said within himself, I wonder if it was all a dream. But when he looked at the ring upon his finger and felt the lamp and the jewel fruit he had gathered from the trees in the garden, he knew it was not a dream. Besides, there was the spot where the fire had been, and it was now but a heap of gray ashes on the ground. Turning himself about, he saw the path by which they had ascended, and the garden stretching below. Nothing had changed. The side of the hill which the dervish by his magic had opened for his entrance, and the slave of the ring had now closed up behind him, was as it had been when he first saw it. Seeing that he was safe and sound and in the outer world, Aladdin fell to his knees and gave thanks to the Most High for his deliverance from a terrible death. Then straightway he arose and took the path that led down the hillside and through the gardens of the city in the direction of his home. At length, with wearied body but elated mind, he reached the doorway of his dwelling and, entering, found his mother weeping. Where hast thou been, my son? she cried. All night long I lay awake, anxious for thee, and now it is again near nightfall, and thou comest like one about to die. Where hast thou been, and where is thine uncle? But Aladdin could not answer her. What with utter weariness and the joy of gaining home once more, he fell in a swoon at her feet. Listening to Empath Studios' presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at Gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on Nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us.